As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. The Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend, Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. I'm v- actually doing great because the news broke before we do the podcast, and I am like very excited. Everything's cleaned up. There's no like, don't really have to worry about some dot, dot, dots that could answer the next day as the podcast is coming out. So I'm doing fantastic. The NFL doesn't sleep. Neither does the athletic football show. So here we are. <laughs> uh, ain't that the truth? We were going to do uh, a different idea today, and then 25 things happened that just shattered the NFL news cycle. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the dominoes that have started falling for free agency and just for the offseason in general. Uh, and let's start with the biggest domino and one that kind of seemed like we had an inkling was coming with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens based on reports from, you know, give him credit, Jeremy Fowler. At ESPN, I think it was the first place I saw this last week, saying that they might give him the non-exclusive tag just because it would put the ball in other teams' courts, and yeah. they, they weren't scared about what that might lead to. Uh, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated talked about it a little bit again today, and then it happened. The Ravens put the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson, meaning the teams are now free to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. The Ravens can match whatever offer he's given. If they choose not to, they will receive first-round picks in 2023 and 2024. Here we fucking go. Yeah. The, that's a domino right there. Uh, I, To me, this really seems like the Ravens just going like, okay, we're okay. All right, Lamar. We did what we could. We threw out the offers that we could. Lamar is always – always have to remember this. Not that I'm like breaking news. Everyone knows this. Lamar represents himself. And as an agent, so that is all these negotiations, everything that Lamar, everything, I'm sorry, that the Ravens say and how they feel and maybe reservations they have with giving guaranteed money, et cetera, et cetera. They have to say to Lamar's face, (laughs) there is no middleman. There is no, this is the human element of these negotiations. This is why agents are good. This is, yes. I understand when people, it's the dynamics and the massaging and the back and forths and not having to talk about money with your bosses and not having the bad feelings go back and forth. There's value in that. There's real value in that. Having a human meat shield is really nice sometimes. Exactly what it is. And and that's what, that's what you have to remember. So that's why 
I think when there's these number differences that I'm sure that's happened between Lamar and the brass with the Ravens, it's through Lamar. It's to Lamar's face. It's coming off a practice field. Let's talk for a half hour, et cetera, et cetera. So now you get to this point. I think the Ravens, why it's the non-exclusive tag, it makes sense. They said, this is what we're going to offer you. Go find yourself a market. Well, well, hey, this is what we can do. This We're telling you the truth or, you know or as much truth as we want to tell you and okay, go, go handle it yourself. So I think that's what they're throwing their hands up, but this is just, it's fascinating. This is like exciting as a, again, as a neutral fan, as someone that observes the league, this is just an unprecedented situation. It feels like, and it's just, is really, really interesting to see how this can unfold and what market does get presented to Lamar or if there is one. The Ravens throughout this process have made it clear from the time that Steve Bishotti came out at last year's owners meetings and said, essentially, go to hell to, to the Browns for what they did That's, with Deshaun Watson. Yep. He said it immediately. And they have drawn a line in the sand and that they are not going to give Lamar a fully guaranteed contract. Yep. They've made that clear with things they've leaked and the fact that we don't have a resolution on this heading to franchise tag day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another team, if you want to can potentially try to give him a fully guaranteed contract. And it seems like the Ravens aren't willing to go to that place. And if they aren't, and another team is, then we could see a 26-year-old former MVP change teams for the price of two first-round picks and a fully guaranteed contract. I think that's the other part of this, is that a lot of the other deals that even guys like Russell Wilson have signed, and obviously Deshaun Watson case is an outlier, but a lot of these guys who have been acquired on these big quarterback deals, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, it doesn't come with a fully guaranteed deal with $250 million guaranteed. So it's a lot to give up other than the Sean Watson situation, which was a perfect storm of, I have a no trade clause, all these different things that were lined up. We we would never see anything like this, where you have a, a guy that could be this level of player that's available at this stage of his career. It's remarkable. I, I have no idea how it's going to play out. Yeah, and I mean, just think about what gets traded for the idea of players. The RG3 yeah. trades, the Trey Lance trade, uh, Carson Wentz trade, Jared Goff trade. What, not not when they're in the NFL, when they were prospects. What could potentially happen in this year's draft, uh, as you're hoping as the Chicago Bears hold the number one pick. But you see what gets traded for the idea of what these players are. Lamar has proven himself as a quarterback in the NFL as a dynamic one one of the greatest weapons in the NFL. And whatever you want to say it's him as a throwing ability, but as far as far as him as a runner, it's it's unbelievable. And also, like you said, his age is ridiculous. He's not 30, you know, it's not 29, it's not 31, 26, and he's already won MVP. It's it's I mean, again, I'm going to use the word. It's fascinating because, yes, Lamar is a one-of-one type or there's more guys getting to his type of player, but he truly is, as a runner, is real, is ridiculous. And as a thrower, he is a unique thrower as far as he pushes the ball and throws intermediate. Some of the easy stuff doesn't come easy for him as far as throwing underneath. But, man, it's just a player that's a true, true tear-setting needle mover. This is a guy that lifts up his teammates, even in bad circumstances. We've seen what he can do with Ravens having up and down offensive linemen and weapons the past couple of years, and at times him just take over games. So yeah, the market's going to be crazy. And, that, and like you said, the guaranteed stuff is, it's that's what's going to come down to it, obviously. But also just, I think that's where the Ravens are trying to say is like, hey, we're trying to be fair with you, but you can go see what your actual market is. 
and but they're only the two first rounders coming back. That's what's interesting to me as well because I feel like in an open trade market it was going to be different. But I don't know. There's so, I, I just I'm all over the place because this is how this feels. This situation feels. There's so many variables that are getting thrown into here, and now you also have teams saying, "Yeah, we're already out of the market," which is more even more interesting because some of the supposed landing spots of how now kind of already be seeing get blown up uh, at least through the rumor mill at least. I was very excited about the idea of him going to the Falcons on a football level. I made that clear at every turn over the last few weeks (laughs) as we were talking about this because I didn't know how the Falcons felt about him. Coming away from the combine, independent of Diana Rossini's report today that they are out and Scott Baer, who works for the Atlanta Falcons media arm, uh, tweeted and reported the same thing today. Independent of that, when we were going to do the show before that had been reported, I came away from the combine not thinking that the Falcons were going to chase Lamar. I think that they're happy with Desmond Ritter. They're okay with the timeline that they're on. And the discussion, and I don't know if this is exactly it, but the discussion they're likely having internally is the same that every team has to have right now. Are we willing to give up all of this for this guy? Because it's not either or. You're not giving up a bunch of picks and getting a quarterback on a rookie contract. You're not trading up in the draft and getting a quarterback on a rookie contract. You're giving up multiple first-round picks, and you are potentially having to give out a fully guaranteed deal to a guy who has been hurt the last couple years. So that is the discussion that you're having. If you're Atlanta, if you're Carolina right now, okay, if you're Carolina, you're looking at the potential avenues you have up the draft where you're likely going to have to trade away a future first-round pick next year and maybe even more to go up to four or whatever to get C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson on a rookie deal. So you are paying $50 million a year potentially in fully guaranteed money for the certainty of what Lamar Jackson is. And that is what teams are going to have to decide. Are we willing to pay that sort of tax and create that little financial flexibility for ourselves with the rest of our roster – to pay for what we think we know about the player that Lamar Jackson is. It's a fascinating discussion. It is. It is. It, you cross the Rubicon. As soon as you make that trade. This is it. This, this is, is it. who you are. I'm there is no, the timer and this is it. This, this is, is it. the path we're on. And that's why if you're the f- first year of a regime like the Panthers are, yes. I just think, ah, oh, man, I, I just don't know if we want to yeah. lock ourselves into this. So that's, that's now my question, putting you on the spot. Who do you think makes the most sense? Because outside of Atlanta, I have a difficult time figuring out like, oh, yeah, definitely Team X, definitely Team Y. There isn't a big list where it's readily apparent for me that they're the team that would be interested in doing this. The only one, and this is more just like a curiosity thing. I have no rumors of this, nothing. It's the Raiders. Just because of their kind of more veteran. The Raiders are whatever to me. Like, I don't know what they want to be. They just tagged Josh Jacobs. Of course, they traded for Devontae Adams, but they have so many holes on that roster. That's another thing, too. Speaking with the Falcons, I know Falcons fans are really like, ready to burn it down because it's just, it, I know they had this idea in their head, not that there's any rumors from any of the Falcons side that Lamar was a target, but is the Falcons have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes on defense. They have questions to make or answers to, to find on the offensive line. They still need to find more weapons. Like even though they've hit on Kyle Pitts and Drake London, Tyler Algier, and they and Arthur Smith is a fantastic offensive play caller. That team has a ton of holes. So like really to me, I'm a, I agree with you. I don't know what seats are available for Lamar and and the what the mindset of each of these teams are. You can say the Texans with their cap space, but the Texans have. They have the 78 through 80 rating Madden roster. They have so many holes. They want to use their picks. And I think with their timeline as well, with D'Amico Ryan's going down there, I think they want to do it. Hey, we're starting at ground zero right now. 
I just think there's as no Raiders- question about what the Texans can do this offseason. They they could pick yeah. a quarterback. If yeah, they like two. multiple of the quarterbacks, if they like more than one of the quarterbacks, they know they're coming they're away with one of the two quarterbacks in this they're draft. They're another first rounder in this draft. It's like they're set to just go on down the path that they want to go down. So that's why I don't think them. The Raiders is the only interesting team to me, but I, I don't even think they have the cash flow for it. Um, to the Sean cash Reed flow had, would be a question, right? To so Sean Reed he, had a nice tweet about this, and I was like, oh, that's a great call about the escrow and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into it, but that's that's. I mean, very if, important. We, we know there's a, there's a re- escrow rule in the NFL. With it guaranteed yeah. money, you have to put a certain percentage of it into extra escrow when you give that contract out. You can yes. get around that with contracts don't have a ton of guarantees immediately at signing. You know, they're like the Mahomes contract is a good example of that, where the rolling the guarantees are rolling, so it's you don't have to put it in there immediately. Yeah. With this, if it's fully guaranteed, you got to. You got to have that cash Answer right <laughs> away. It's a lot of liquidity on hand. And so, I don't know if Mark Davis had to make a move for a reason to Las Vegas because uh, there wasn't a lot of cash flow, or there was some cash flow issues when when they were living in Oakland. <laughs> so, just going through all the teams right now, okay? Yeah. Dallas, no. Chicago, I don't think so. I think they're ready to keep Justin Fields. They've already yeah. said that. Arizona, no. Bengals. Mm-hmm. What about the Colts? That was another one too. Their roster's not that bad. It's. I know they have O line stuff too, but they also you got a, a new right. play caller, new player caller that's very creative. And so has so let's shown, do it. Then. Let's do this. this. Okay, let's do it this way. The Colts are at four. Yeah, we've. How many mock drafts have you seen where the Colts have to trade a future first round pick to move up from four to one? So you're plus halfway, others plus you're other ha- picks. <laughs> yes, you're halfway there. Right. Right? So you're you are halfway there if you choose to make that move. And the Colts have after they move on from Matt Ryan, looks like twenty nine million dollars in cap space. Mm-hmm. They have some other moves they can easily make to free yeah, up some room. Very fungible. So That's they're a not- team that it's not the first team that comes to mind. But again, if you're trying to figure out all of the different versions of it, yep. it's like oh, if we have to move up for a guy that we don't know about anyway, are we willing to do that? Same on a football level for the Raiders. The the cash part of yes. it could be a different yep. consideration. So Commanders? now it's, I just, <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think they I know, do I know they're, the, they're just trying to get up the <laughs> to be jets, normal. the jets in a world yeah. where they miss out on Rogers would That's be one that potentially makes sense to me where we have so few avenues. Like we just got to try to do something and right. they've got a lot of guys on rookie deals. Could they potentially make it happen? But there aren't that many teams There's not where it's like, Oh yeah, they have the motivation and the resources and the financial capabilities to make this work. Timeline, timeline, timeline. The the Browns doing the Deshaun Watson made sense because they were always, you know, they had offense, all the stuff built up and all that. But like timeline that you have to think of as soon as you, you trade for Lamar, there's your window. Like there, there it is. And also you're not getting first round picks to build around, like at least the next two. Like that's that's the thing. Whoever's making this move for Lamar is like that clock starts right away. So you have to think of these team situations that these teams are in, obviously, but just have to emphasize that. Man, it's so interesting. And it I is interesting. I think the, the Raven, Colts one is. They're one of the few teams where I yeah. do think everything lines up. The lack of potential suitors, if there are only three or four teams, and maybe that's mm-hmm. enough to drive the price up. But if it is only a couple teams, that's the bet that the Ravens are making right now. Yes. The Ravens are making a bet that you're going to go out, you're going to find a colder market than you think you're going to find. That's it. And you're going to come back to us. You're going to realize that this is where you belong. Yeah. And that's the bet. It, but that, that's the risk you run, though, because yep. it only takes one team to be like, you know what? We're in. 
Dude, there's so many board games that have this like mechanic that's just like this. And I love this. Just blind betting is the best. (laughs) Just finding markets is that exactly what it's going to go down. So I'm loving this. You, I think that there, I could understand the team looking at this entire landscape and saying, this just doesn't happen. Yeah. Even if you have reservations about his health or what he can do in a different style of offense Mm -hmm. or how his game is going to age. Compared to other quarterbacks, where yes. you know, if you are make, if you're signing a guy to a five year deal normally, it's two. We're gonna talk about Daniel Jones in a second. It's two, three years, and you're out. If you give a guy a fully guaranteed deal in the range of fifty million dollars a year, it's a long, long term commitment. Yeah. That's part of the other thing I'm wondering about. What matters to him the most? Right. Does it matter that it's a fully guaranteed deal, or does it matter that the guarantees total are the highest of all time? If you came in and you said to him, all right, we will give you a three-year, $150 million guaranteed deal. And you get the double dip before you're 30. But the other part of that is if you do it that way, you lose flexibility in how you can move the money around. There's just and that's no way. Thing too, when you have no, and you're not going to have those two first-rounders next two years. I'm saying a team that did trade for him and gave him that, that's the other component of that too. So it's – they're locked into what they have, basically. And that's the problem is that if you're a team and you say, all right, well, we just don't want to put guarantees into year four or five, we'll offer him a three-year deal. But if it's a three-year, $150 million contract, there's nowhere to move the money. I mean, I theoretically, don't. you can put some some void years on there if you wanted to, give him a huge signing bonus, try to keep those cap numbers low. But that's the benefit of having these longer-term quarterback contracts. And beyond the Mahomes deal, what the Allen deal is for the Bills where – they, there's so many different ways that they can move it around and yep. borrow from the contract. And yep. I guarantee you that's what the Bengals are going to try to do with Burrow. That's what the Chargers are going to try to do with Herbert where, all right, let's get a six-year deal on here so we can make it look like whatever it wants to look like. If you yep. go back over the last three or four years, the highest cap hits in the NFL typically are quarterbacks on short-term contracts. Kirk Cousins is always up there. Ryan Tannehill has been up there. Mm-hmm. Dak on his contract because mm-hmm. it's only a four-year deal. Because there aren't just many places, there aren't that many places to move the money because yeah. you don't you don't want to borrow from the future because these are guys you're not sure you want to commit to. So quarterbacks on short-term deals, you're always thinking about the next deal, which yeah. is part of the problem. And there just isn't a lot to borrow from, so you don't have wiggle room in any given season. So I, I'm I am so interested in what the conversations so look like I know. because it, it, again, if you just don't want to do it into the year four and year five and the guarantees, do you want to do a shorter term deal? But the lack of flexibility the shorter term deal gives you is that a problem? And we just have no idea where Lamar's head is at. Whether it's just is fully guaranteed the step you need to take, or is it more than that? Because we nothing is coming out from his camp to tell us. What the actual demands sound like? Because he's the camp. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure you know he has other family and friends around him, but he's the camp. Uh, no, and I think that's such a great point to make too. Is uh, you brought up Mahomes and Josh Allen when we talk about the elite of the elite. Those guys are pretty easy to commit to for the next decade. That you okay? Yeah, the things are only going to be great. So we we we're taken from the bank of Mahomes or the bank of Josh Allen to make the flexibility. So that's a great point. And as much as I love Lamar, you have to be realistic. We just did a whole free agency show that came out, you know, that we did yesterday that we talked about guys injured before. Don't think that that's going to change. Like just, that's what you always have to keep in mind with that. And if you're paying fully guaranteed money to the most important position in all of sports and he's hurt. And then also you're done. You're done. It's it's over. 
Yeah, it's the classic line. We don't practice fucked, you know, like that's, you don't, you don't build a team around that. And, but if you're giving all your resources to it and he's only playing 10, 11 games for you, man, that, that's a hard, that's just a really, that's another bet that a team would have to make. So that's, these are all the variables that go into this. That's why it's not just like, Hey, pay Lamar, whatever he wants. He's a unique type of quarterback. He's a, a slightly underrated as a thrower, but he does have issues, but his play style leads to injuries. It is what it is. Um, it's already I don't happened. think it's a play style thing. I think he is a slight man. Yeah. He is smaller than most quarterbacks are. Yeah. He is, he's, he's uh, he came into the league at like two ten. At 6'2", I think he put on a little bit of weight last year to try to hold up against some of those injuries. But naturally, he's just not a big guy. And I think that's That's the bigger concern than even play style concerns. To me, it's about injuries leading to a lack of explosiveness that affects his running, not that running gets him hurt. But it's it's like what happened to Russ. I mean, Russ is way older and is in his mid-30s now, but that's what happened to Russ. Russ's running component went way downhill the last couple of years, and you see when you take away that weapon, it matters. That That is what makes them those players. As much as, as talented as they are as thrower, at throwing the ball, you always have to keep the, the – the, being a runner is what makes them so valuable. That's what a lot of these guys right now um, – no, but it's uh, – no, that's – I what. You brought up the weight thing, but that's also a thing I always – this is why I was down on Zach Wilson when he came into the league. Sub-210 guys, there's only been three successful ones in the NFL. Like if Historical examples, Vic, Lamar, and Mark Bolger was the other sub-210 guys because sub-210 guys get hurt. It's just – I know You're going to take not, a pounding. Even if it's in the pocket, you're still going to take a pounding. QB hits add up. Everyone looks at sack numbers. It's the hits that add up. Taking 22, even if you get sacked twice, but if you get hit, you're still getting hit a dozen times. Those dozen times hurt. <laughs> Taking sneaks, running out. If you're scrambling and you take some shots, I always have compared Lamar to Wayne Gretzky and the fact that he can kind of slide around those hits, but it doesn't matter. Those still add up. Um, so yeah, no, it's just always, always have to take that into account. But the sub 210 thing is very, very important to keep in mind. And if I'm Lamar, if I'm arguing for why I'm worth this, and why whatever relative struggles happened over the last couple of years aren't indicative of who I can be. Yeah. I'm pointing to the fact that they put me in too small of a box. Right. The offense that we were running, we had no receivers. We had yeah. no developed passing game. Like you give me an actual NFL offense. That's why I won him in Atlanta so bad because, yes. it's, just, it because it's so perfect because yeah. everything lines up where it's like, all right, we could see a different version of this guy yeah. than we've seen really since 2019 when he won the MVP. And mm-hmm. that's what I would be saying if I were Lamar. It's not – well. there's concerns that I have to be in this hyper-specific sort of offense and that's why you shouldn't bet on me. No, that's wrong. I've right. been in this type of offense before. I played in it in college. Yes. You should give me more and you'll get more out of me. If I'm Lamar's camp, that's what I'm saying to these teams. And But I guarantee you that the Ravens are hoping that teams look at it and say, we don't think we can go down that road because it's too specific of a road. All right. right. And Todd Muck is sitting there going like, all right, guys, let's figure this out. <laughs> I didn't leave Georgia for not so, Lamar. <laughs> so that's now the question. Okay. Yeah. Let's say he goes. Yeah. What the hell do the Ravens do? Call Jimmy G. (laughs) But that's where you're at now. Because if you're going to call Lamar's bluff and somebody else is going to throw their chips into the middle, Mm -hmm. I'm bad on play poker, but if somebody else is going to throw their chips in here and it's out of your hands and you do have to move on, you get those two first round picks, but are you now in the quarterback market in a couple months? How much due diligence have you been doing about the quarterbacks? Probably a lot because you knew this eventuality might be possible, but what does that mean for the 2023 Ravens? who have 
I think, a pretty ready-made roster. Yes. Do Are we happy about that because it puts a young quarterback in a better chance to succeed than teams that often have multiple first-round picks or in the quarterback market? It, it's just a version of the Ravens that is really hard to imagine because we haven't had to imagine it in a long time. Dude, that's such a great point. Say, like in this hypothetical, the Colts do make an offer and, and Ravens decline. They get the two first-rounders. Now they have pick four. It's like... Oh, that's that's and a it, whole nother discussion right there. And does that make you comfortable about it? Right. And if it, if it's if it's a team with a top five pick, are you more willing to be like, you know what, we're good? Yeah. Because you have your off ramp. Yeah. And so I think that those are the things that the Ravens are going to have to be thinking about as they decide whether or not they want to match whatever offer comes to the table here. Man, this is awesome. <laughs> Sorry, it's just. I mean, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever. Unlike any. I mean, and, I, I, and I can't remember anything like this since I've been covering no. the league because no. this isn't true free agency, right? But no. it kind of is. I it, mean, teams well, can negotiate with him, yes. Yeah. Even the if he's tampering on the tag. applies to him now. I mean, so this, that's, is, yeah. this is real. Like, a this team can negotiate real. with him. We can we can have – I mean, it's just – I've again, I've never seen anything like it where you have a team able to come in, negotiate a contract with an MVP quarterback – and see what that dynamic ends up looking like. And if there a team might be incentivized to do something crazy that dissuades the Ravens from matching. Yeah, if you want to throw a huge number yeah. into year one, whatever it ends up looking like. So uh, there are just so many things to consider here. I know. I know. That's the other thing. Say if you're another AFC team and you wanted, you know, Force the Ravens' hand to go. Hey, let's make them pay him an extra ten million there. Just throw it, throw it a little bit more. Make that guarantee and just. But if then you're the like, Raiders right now. Let's hypothetically right. let's see the Raiders are that team. The Raiders have forty million dollars in cap space right now. They can free up some more if they want to. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have some flexibility as well. You know, even with Lamar on the tag, they still have like twenty four million dollars mm-hmm. in cap space. But if you're one of these teams, like let's say Atlanta does want in. And they can really throw their weight around in year one with the amount of cap space that they have. Does that dissuade the Ravens from trying to match the deal? So it's going to be a hell of a week, man. What what happens here over the next 10 days or so with this is going to be unbelievable to watch. and, And I truly cannot wait. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right, let's get to some more quarterback dominoes here. The I love New that York- it's quarterback dominoes, not just other positions. That's what's freaking awesome. It's like, we don't get this all the time. We all right. you know, get prospects and everything, but this is great. I love March. This is March. This is my March madness this right is here. Your March. You, you wouldn't think that March is the most fun NFL calendar month, but 
Look back at what happened last year. We had yeah. all of those trades, all of those huge blockbuster moments. And we're sitting here on March 7th right now, and we got 10 things. We're not going to be able to get to all of them here. I oh, know. So, next one. Daniel Jones and the Giants agreed to a four-year, $160 million deal with potential for $35 million more in incentives. Oh, boy. Right. I, 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 don't, wanna, I don't like to be mean. But but I, I wanted to just quote tweet it with uh, uh, Khaleesi from Game of Thrones doing like the good for you, like the, <laughs> the, the, the good for you face because that's that was kind of my initial thought. It's like it's like good for you guys, good good right. for you. Uh-huh. Obviously, my first question when we saw that deal is forty million dollars a year. We've said this over the last however many weeks, and we've talked about Daniel that's- Jones. You can say whatever you want. Whatever you, you want. Know, you can say it's however much a year you want it to be when based on the way that you structure it. Yeah. What is it really? It's like handing your little brother the uh, the joystick that's not plugged in, the controller that's not plugged in. Just like, oh, yeah, good job. Good job. Yeah, you beat that level, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. But no. I'm, I'm wondering, what are the actual numbers? Albert Breer comes in 20, 30 minutes after the initial report, $82 million guaranteed over the first couple of years for Daniel Jones. Yeah. It's real money. It is. It's it's that is real money over the first two years. So let's break this down hypothetically, okay? What I was laying out just back in the napkin math, and I'm wondering what the actual contract will look like. All right, so let's say it's four years, one sixty, and let's say hypothetically, you get thirty two million dollars to sign. So it's a clean eight million dollars in signing bonus over the first four years. Let's say you crank a huge majority of that forty million dollars a year in AAV into years three and four. So it's like fifty-two million and fifty-eight million. That means in year one and two, you can have like a twenty million dollar base salary and a thirty million dollar base salary, which is fifty million dollars plus thirty-two million dollars to sign. That's eighty-two over the first two years. So the cap hits over those two years would be twenty-eight million and thirty-eight million. So even if you're trying to like do some funny money where you're cranking it up in years three and four, you're still paying the full freight for a middle-class quarterback contract in those first two years, no matter how you slice this. But it does sound like this is a two-year commitment to Daniel Jones at a pretty hefty price tag. Yeah, and even in looking at franchise tagging him, I think they're trying to leave that open for the Saquon stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. But they that, That's what, bad was process it? to me. No, no, I know it is. I'm just talking about this is probably what they went down. But everyone uh, keeps saying that. that That's bad process to me. It is. It's franchising for 32. And then if you did it again next year, it's 120%. So that's 38 million next year. So that's 70 million over two years. So you're paying, you know, you're essentially paying what? $6 million more a year. But that would have been guaranteed, yada, yada, yada. But you're still guaranteeing it. But that's still, it's a lot. It's just a lot for Daniel Jones, who even in his best year, yes, he doesn't have receivers and everything, but in a system that was most conducive to his skill set, that's kind of what you got. You know, you knock down the turnovers. He's a great running threat, but now you're paying a guy, what we just talked about, a guy, you know, running can lead to injuries. I know we're talking about Lamar and his slightness, and Daniel Jones hasn't really had too many of those issues, but now you're running the guy that you're paying all that money a dozen times. Are you as you know, likely to do that, even though that's his, one of his greatest skills. You've seen the Bills pay Josh Allen all of a sudden go, let's not use him on so many design runs. These are totally different quarterbacks. I get it, but I'm just talking about mindset here. So you're paying all that money for a guy that's middle of the pack so far as a passer, 
that's just so much money. And on top of it, now you're saying, yeah, so we can tag Saquon. It's like, that's a lot of money too for a running back. So and it's now just if a we're lot. talking 28 million, let's say, let's hypothetical, let's say it's 25 yeah. million against the cap in year one for Daniel Jones. We haven't gotten the actual details of it yet. Let's say it's 25 and you're tagging Saquon, Saquon for 10. That's yeah. 35 million against million. the cap for those two guys. So right. all of that cap space that you had to potentially build up the rest of your team, you no longer have. Yeah. If you're the Giants, they came, you still have they came some. In today, they came in today with 37, give or take. So, so that's gone. Poof. So it, that's mostly <laughs> just, gone. So now you yep. have the team that you're going to have over the next couple of years. Yep. And I understand you don't want to tag them because you want to use the tag on Saquon. To me, again, but, to me, that's bad process. I know. I agree I, with you. I'm, 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 I'm not, saying. I'm just saying that that's one of the math components of this. But I I'm agree with you. I don't gonna, like the process. I'm not going to sign my quarterback because if you had tagged him twice to the non-exclusive mm-hmm. tag, it's 32 million this year and then 120 percent of that next year, right? So it's two years 70. Yep, two years 70. I'm. You insulate yourself with that. You lose Saquon. That sucks. You know he was he was right. really good for you, but I'm not letting Saquon Barkley's availability this year on the franchise tag dictate whether I'm signing Daniel Jones to Thank a long-term you. contract. Thank I'm you. I'm just not. That's, I'm just not doing it. That's why I'm not doing it here. Yeah, Saquon had a great year. Saquon's also battled injuries again. A guy that's battled injuries in his career, and now you're saying, okay, having him just on the t- if, in a. Where no other variables matter right there. Yes, having Saquon on a tag, okay, I understand that. You want to keep him around. He had a great year, renaissance year last year, and he was a huge part of your offense because we're lacking a lot of weapons. But leaving yourself saying that that's the argument, leaving yourself flexibility. Yeah, we got Saquon, and we can bring it back Daniel Jones. It's like, okay, <laughs> good for you, right? It's like, okay, good for you. Like, here you go. Here's the controller. Like, way to go. You beat the level. So that's where I, I'm right there with you, I think. I, I just, I'm... I get why they're. I don't get why they're doing it, but I, I understand their argument. But it's just kind of like, okay, then what are you now? You're not. Then that's my question. So yeah. what are you now? And if we're playing this Tons out hypothetically, uh, the best case scenario of this, I think the team that has handled this the best, and I should have mentioned this when we talked about Gino yesterday. I think the team that has committed to a middle class quarterback and done the best job with it over the last couple of years is the Lions. Mm-hmm. When they decided to bring on Jared Goff as part of that trade, I remember asking Brad Holmes on this show, well, but why? Like, but you're a rebuilding team. Like, why would you want to pay a quarterback, a, a market quarterback, a veteran quarterback contract as part of that rebuilding process? And I do think that there is some value, and this is something that I have kind of tweaked my priors on as I've watched them do what they've done. There's value in competing. I, yeah. I absolutely think there is. But Jared Goff is going to cost an average of $20 million against the cap in 2022 and 2023 combined. That's a team-friendly deal. That's, yes. That's, yes that's so that is the way it. to do that. And even yeah. Gino, we saw the details of the Gino deal. Gino's $40 million guaranteed at signing. It's a $25 million deal over the next two years. The deal that the Seahawks gave to Gino does not preclude them from drafting a quarterback now. It does not cut off avenues for you. So – the best case scenario in this, we want to compete, we want to build this version of a culture and organization that the Giants are clearly trying to do with mm-hmm. Daniel Jones after the season that they just had is more expensive than other success stories when it comes to this. And you're locking yourself in for two years. There isn't an out after one year. So I, I just don't know what you are I, I, because you're committed to him for two years. Would you be willing to start looking for a replacement? as early as next year, if you're going to start looking for a replacement as early as next year, why did you do this? 
yeah. in the first place. I, I just – what are you if Daniel Jones is making $40 million a year for you? That to me is the relevant question associated with this. I'm, I'm curious. It's like are they hedging their bets in case he still improves? Like that's the other thing too. Is like, so that's do you the guys difference think- with him and Gino, right? Gino's yes, 32. We know what Gino is. Daniel yes. Jones is 25. So now you are potentially banking – on what you saw for a four or five game clip at yeah. the end of the season, you're going to get a value on that because he's going to even be even better with better weapons and all of that. Maybe that happens. Maybe that's the, that, but that's the story you have to tell yourself Correct. if you're giving out this deal is that when we go out and get some receivers and we go out and do this and that, you know, what can he be? You're running out of resources to go build that team. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that you're saying, oh, well, if we put this around him, if we put this around him, that tells you all you need to know about your quarterback. That's if fine. We, no, if no you're I'm just saying about a guy in a rookie deal. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's what I'm saying is like, but that's when we talk about these middle class quarterbacks, as soon as you start making those arguments, well, we got plopped this with him. If we draft this guy, we do. Well, now you're telling me that the quarterback needs help. So now you're telling me what kind of tier of quarterback that you just paid. And I get it. Like the even the Jared Goff stuff, and you talk about competing too, was the other argument. And I thought this was where you're going with it. It was just also the competency and evaluation, you know, evaluating yeah. other players. Yeah. And that that's the other thing you're paying for. But again, golf steals in the twenties, not forty eighty-two over two. So that that's the other kind of component of that as well. So what the Lions did is golf had a like a twenty-five million dollar base salary in twenty twenty-one. They converted that to a signing bonus and then prorated the rest of that into restructure. So that essentially puts ten million dollars in dead cap on his deal this year and the year after. But that's it's yeah. not that doesn't preclude you from moving on, right? No. There's no. so so much less guaranteed there than there would be in another deal that in effect you're paying 10 and 30, you're paying 20 over the last 2 years and then it's 31 again this year, but there's you can move on. So I, I think there's still just more flexibility associated with that move than it's there huge, is with what the but Giants that are doing. matters. That's matters. We talk about that's team building. We did this on the Bears pod. We talk about it all the time, ability to pivot. And that's the thing is when you get pot committed to that, that's scary. That's the scary thing. You want to be pot committed on something. You're like, this is our window. You don't want to be pot committed on. Uh, it's like a backhanded compliment competency. You know what I mean? Like that, that that's where you want to commit to yourselves to winning. <laughs> so like not just winning at nine and eight, but winning at 12 and five and, and battling for division titles and true, true playoff runs. I don't know. So that's where now, now that I, I look at the financials of it, though, I, I think you can talk yourself into this being the best case scenario. Where they're paying Jared Goff, in effect, like $30 million a year on this contract. And it allows them to be competitive and allows them to start building oh, something. So at first, I thought you were saying Jones. I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, no, whoa, whoa. No, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> so, I, yeah, Scotch here. Jared, Jared Goff has been a better NFL quarterback much more often than Daniel Jones. Yes. Several times. Several times. Even Goff's like worst season wasn't like that bad. <laughs> it's just that he's... You know, you just don't know if it was high it is, but yeah, that that's exactly it. And Goff's what? How he's how old is he now? Twenty eight, twenty nine. Twenty eight. <laughs> so funny. It's not that much older. He's twenty eight. He's twenty eight. Yeah, that's not that much older. So, that's, so that's the best case scenario, right? Best case, yes. And I understand trying to chase that best case when you won a bunch of games. You can't take a step back. All of that. Who knows what sort of ownership apparently loves Daniel Jones. Who knows what sort of thumb they had on the scale, to borrow a term that Dan Duggins used on our show a couple weeks ago in relation to this situation. But I don't know, man. 
I just think it's a dangerous game to play. Even for two yeah. years, like what you, what are you after you make this move is just such a relevant yeah. question to me. And it is. I don't know if I like the answers. Yeah. It's, I don't want to say like, I, I like absolutely hate it. It's the worst deal I've ever seen in my entire life. It's more just like, it, it just leads to more questions, which is not what you want when you're throwing money around. I, I think, I think that's exactly it. QBs. The way, the way that I go, it's like, it's like, okay. Like you, you know who your quarterback is. You're going to get competent quarterback play. What do you put around that? How do you mm-hmm. build around it now that you don't have? I mean, the Lions had two extra first round picks when they when they went, ended up making the Jared Goff move, and the Giants are picking in the twenties. Yeah, you know, it just the Lions had they're, they're picking second in that year too. They were tearing it down. I mean, it's just I don't know. Again, if if that's the best case scenario to me is what it looks like with Jared Goff, or I guess with Ryan Tannehill. Right, like yeah. so Ryan Tannehill got yeah. a similar deal where you're giving him thirty million dollars a year. And but Ryan Tannehill's twenty nineteen was like uh, they were the best like offense a, in the league. Well, yeah, they, like the a most top efficient 10, offense in football. It's so, like a top ten quarterback year in the past decade, like advanced stats wise. I mean, like seriously, it was. That the question that I ask is like, okay, what successful situations does this resemble? What can you point to as the best case outcomes for something like this? Right. And to me, there just aren't that many of them. Yeah. Even if now we do have a middle class quarterback contract that mm-hmm. has been established, right? You know, the guy, top guys are making fifty. Now we have these guys making, you know, Geno's case twenty five, and Derek Carr's case thirty, and Daniel Jones's case thirty five. I, I do think that's probably right, but I think it depends on where you are in your team building process, yep. what sort of quarterback that you're betting on, and how long you want to be committed to that guy. We talked about the Saints; they were painted into a corner. I totally understand it. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks, I think, did a good job. With the Geno contract, he gets $40 million. It's life-changing money. It's a fantastic story. If they want to move on after this year because they drafted a guy in the top five, they can. They can and I just – it's harder for me to talk myself into why this was necessary and why this is beneficial for where the Giants are right now. I just tag them. Yeah, just show me again. That's what it is. Maybe you risk that the price goes up. Maybe he plays so well that you risk that the price goes up. But that's just a risk I'm willing to take even with yeah. better weapons. I, I just am. And I get it; they know it better than anyone because they're in the meeting rooms with them. They get all that, but it's just it's it's it's, it's interesting. It's you're betting on outliers, and we talked about this draft. We talked about free agency. You, when you bet on outliers, you you crap out a lot of times. <laughs> you're betting on the hard ways. You're betting on twelve coming. Like it, it's just I don't know. It, it's to me, it's just again, it's leading more questions. And I get it. There's an up, uptick with his play. This is the best he ever looked, and there, he has tools and all that. But it's just. The hist- like you said, Goff has had more good seasons than Daniel Jones so far, and that that matters. That really does matter to what you're expecting to get out of these players. You declined his fifth year option a year ago, right? And also, you say nine months later or a year later, you're like, yeah. And like, maybe you saw enough from him. I guess that it should be that much stuff. has changed in the last yeah. year, but it's just hard for me to believe that. I know it's just it's hard for me to believe that. All right, let's stick on the quarterbacks. One more guy. We got to talk about Aaron Rodgers because <laughs> the entire Jets organization flew to California to go meet with Aaron Rodgers, apparently. Uh, it was reported uh, that Joe Douglas, the owner, Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, they're all on some plane going to make their pitch to Aaron Rodgers now that he's emerged from the darkness. And I don't know how you feel about this. We were talking about it a little bit offline. It kind of feels like for both parties, this has to happen. Has to. It has to happen. How about Nathaniel Hackett? 
Like he has to really go and be like, hey, Aaron, remember me? Debase himself again to try to go get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> again? We spent all that time together in Green Bay. I took a job expecting you to come follow me there. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I, I don't know. It has to at this point. The Der- That's the Derek Carr domino, though. That the yeah. Derek Carr, it goes to the, goes to the Saints. And now this, it, it's funny. It's because now it went from like, ooh, the Jets have a couple options. Jimmy G originally, then Derek Carr. And then, now it's like, okay, this just seems like inevitable. But it, it's just so funny. Like, just, they're like almost made for each other at this point. <laughs> It's just what Rodgers is, is where he's at, and also the Jets and where they're at as a team. Uh, I would like it and from a football sense. It would be so much fun, but it's just also it's just very, very funny, like the process so far. They don't have very many other options right now. No, I think that landing on Jimmy G for one year and $17 million is just kind of deflating after yeah. the potential other options that were out there. Yeah. So it feels like they need this to happen from where they are in terms of their urgency, them wanting to make the playoffs this year the timeline that that coaching staff and regime is on. And I think that Rodgers needs this to happen because if the Jets aren't the team, I don't know if there's another team that's going to roll out the red carpet like this. And if if I were him, maybe even just to save face a little bit, I would just act like I'm this sought-after guy that everybody wants so much. Look at how beloved I am. Yeah. Look at how in demand my services are. They just they did everything to woo me. And because if you let it get past the Jets, I'm not sure there are many more guys coming hat in hand to ask you whether or not you want to come play quarterback for them. Yeah. I think the Packers have shut out Rodgers and he's kind of just going, Yeah, wait, wait, this is how it's supposed to work. I'm supposed to be the one making demands. Like (laughs) I want Randall Cobb signed for another year. I I think that really is what is. Yeah, I agree. I think Rogers, like you said, they both, both, both parties have to save face here. Um, No, that's so funny because yeah, if this doesn't work out for him, then what now? Because who would it be? I I don't think the Raiders would do it. I I mean, I don't think there are that many other teams that would be lining up for Rogers at this stage. So I think again, for both parties, it makes the most sense. And sidebar, and just from when I saw him in August and also just talking with people that I know with the Packers is that sources from the Packers is they are, they really do like Jordan Love. They are optimistic about him. I know they have to talk themselves into it no matter what, because this is the time anyways, but I think they're fine. They're kind of just going, whatever you want to do, Aaron, we're going to, or no, no, we're, we're going to tell you what's going to happen, Aaron. You don't do the, the other way around. So uh, that's exactly it. So if Jets fall off, then it's like, all right. We just talked about the seats at the table when we're talking about the Lamar trade. There's the, the, the seats are kind of interesting right now. There's a lot of teams that are like, maybe I don't want to commit to this. I don't want to trade for that. And the Jets are like the one team. So, yeah, it makes sense that they're going all out for him and laying out the red card before him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So speaking of dominoes, now that the yeah. Daniel Jones domino has fallen and the Giants are franchise tagging Saquon Barkley, that sets off some dominoes with the running back market. Because yeah. we anticipated there being this huge free agent running back market this offseason. And now arguably the top three guys at the position were tagged. Mm-hmm. So Saquon is now back. Josh Jacobs is back with the Raiders. And Tony Pollard is back with the Cowboys. 
now I don't know how the running back market is going to shake out. Does this mean that Miles Sanders it gets a bigger deal than we might expect? Does this mean that David Montgomery or Kareem Hunt or some of these guys that maybe were a little bit further down the list suddenly get more attractive for teams that need a running back? Or is the running back market so cold that this doesn't really matter and these guys weren't going to have huge interest no matter what? It's uh, also funny to me after we did that franchise tag discussion a few weeks ago was uh, it's funny seeing which positions are kind of like the emphasis of the tags. Like last year was a bunch of tight ends and a couple of safeties and stuff. Like in 2019, there was like six guys tagged and four of them were edge rushers and like a kicker and like, and like, or like something like that. It might've been seven guys, but um, it's funny that like three running backs are this. There's only six guys that got tagged this year. Deron Payne, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Evan Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and Saquon. Three of those are running backs. So it's just funny how markets work out. It's yeah. Um, but that's why it's a market. Um, no, I think what's going to happen too. not, this is just me throwing this out there. I think all teams have cooled on running backs. I think the whole, like everyone's kind of on the same page with it. And I think there's, this is actually a very interesting class to me. Uh, uh, like you, you already mentioned Kareem Hunt, uh, Miles Sanders, Damian Harris is an interesting running back. Even the other running back for the Browns, Deanners Johnson and his limited time last year, he didn't have any touches, but the year before when he was in spot duty, he looked great. Deontay Foreman, is an interesting back. He finally got full run with the Panthers last year. Yes, they have a good offensive line. Looked great in that role. Then you have other guys like Devin Singletary, Jeff Wilson. Um, it's it's an interesting Rashad class. Rashad Penny is unbelievably Rashad talented Penn. if he could stay Love healthy. Rashad Penny. If he's, I would take a. If I were a contender, I would take a one year flyer on him. If I can, if his price is right. Holy crap, he is so one. Honestly, one of the most talented players any position in the league as far as just true talented athlete. Um, but he just can't stay healthy, which again, always going to bring that up, but it is an interesting class, but I, why I'm bringing up all those names, there's not going to be a lot of competition. Even with those three guys tagged, there's a lot of guys in those kind of tiers, kind of like the goodish above average tier. No one's going to maybe get the bra- the bank broken for them. Uh, so I think that's kind of where it's going to happen with this running back market that maybe these guys, yes, they're going to, the market's going to be a little better because the top end guys are, but now it's going to be a lot of teams have options. And interesting options, role players, full three down backs, guys that could be part of a rotation. They have choices. So I think that's why the market's going to be a little deflated uh, than maybe what you expect. Numbers have come out. Ian Rappaport reported Daniel Jones, first year cap number 19 million. So 28 million was my guess. So it's a little bit less, which is not surprising. Teams try to pump that number down all the time. $94 million virtually guaranteed at signing. So that to me says about $12 million into year three and year four, which what does that mean? You know, that's you can move on from that pretty Yeah, easy. yeah, that's so easy. I think that's again it's just like two years at at forty million over those first two years. Yeah, the the running back thing, it just and we didn't talk about the draft class. How many guys might be available Loaded. in the draft where it, yeah. it caused these guys to have a little bit of a cooler market. So even in a year where we thought we could have some big name guys hitting the market at free as free agent running backs, that's not going to happen. The yeah. opposite is now true at offensive tackle where the guys that we maybe expected to get tagged, really one guy that we expected to get tagged, (laughs) did not. So Orlando Brown is not being tagged by the Chiefs. And then Donovan Smith was released today, or is going to be released Mm -hmm. by the Bucs. So now, usually, there are no left tackles available in free agency. Almost ever. Now you have two that are starting caliber left tackles. I know Donovan Smith had a down year last year. But he has shown he is a, he is a <laughs> yeah. he has he has shown in the past that he is a capable, capable starter at left tackle, yes. the likes of which do not come along very often. 
So now, do those guys, what sort of market do those guys have? And then what does it look like at right tackle? Because you have Jawan Taylor over there, Caleb McGarry, who is not being tagged. That was reported today. Deadline's already passed. And Mike McGlinchey. So now potentially you have five one guys. More name, one more name to throw in there. Isaiah Wynn. And Isaiah yeah. Wynn. So can That's you get Isaiah Wynn at a discount because he's yeah. been banged up. That, so. Mm. I'd be I'd be peppering him a little bit. I know he's injury I, injury. You know, that's why he's on the market right now. But he's another name that I was just kind of keep a tab on. So we talk about you want to talk about the Chiefs a little bit. Like what the, what yeah. are the Chiefs doing? Is there a is there a chance that the Chiefs just signed Donovan Smith for half of what Orlando Brown's going to get on the market? Same tier player. I that would make a lot of sense. And then they're saving money to make other moves. The the, the Frank Clark move I understood because they're saving so much money. But the Orlando Brown non tag. That's why that combination of moves giving themselves space. It just it, it, I I could be totally wrong here, but just something is it's something's up in Kansas City. I really do think that uh, it might just be a couple minor moves that that's why they're piecemealing this all together um, as far as cap space. But uh, Kansas City is interesting to me as far as are they trying to splash somewhere? You know and. and I'm just trying to figure them out. I, I think we all are. I'll be curious to see how the right tackle market shakes out. Because yeah. I think that Taylor is going to get most of that group just because of his ability and pass hey. protection and what he yes. showed this year. But it's a different consideration to the one that the Falcons are facing with Caleb McGarry or that the market is facing with Caleb McGarry. Yeah. No, they didn't drop back at all. But playing with Trevor Lawrence and playing in that offense this year you're going to look a lot better in pass protection with how quickly <laughs> right. they got rid of the ball, with how good he is at mitigating pressure. So I yeah. think there are, there are serious questions. But this is always the case with free agents. There are serious questions with all of the right tackles. McGlinchey yeah. has been banged up. So do you, would you want to live that life? With Juwan Taylor had his best season of his career this year, but it coincided with his quarterback having one of the quickest times to throw in the league and a guy mm-hmm. who's very, very good at not turning pressures into sacks. And Caleb McGarry plays for a team that never drops back. So you have those three guys that I know it looks like there are some options at right tackle and free agency, but how are you willing to roll the dice on yeah. that? And then on the other side, are you willing to pay $22, $23 million a year for Orlando Brown when he isn't David Bakhtiari or Laramie Tunsil yeah. or Trent Williams? I was looking for the yeah. third guy. <laughs> and also is playing with a quarterback that's very, very good at avoiding sacks. Yes. Uh, the same way. That's why Andrew Wiley, you know, he's a free agent as well. Interesting name too. He's a restricted free agent, but our guy, our guy Yash Neiman, Nyman, Yash Nyman. Uh, that is that one. I don't know. I want to see what tender they put on him because uh, I—that's a guy that if I would be if I was in the tackle market, I would be sniffing around about. Um, I would be willing to give up a middle round pick for him or a second round pick. I think would be the tender. It's probably so funny because I—that be, was the guy I'd been thinking about for a while, but I'd be more I didn't realize that he was a restricted free agent. Yeah, he's an RFA. Yeah. He would be one I'd be, I'd be sniffing, because uh, I think he plays. He's now proven he can play that left he can, tackle. Yeah, he hey, played both he, tackles. He has proof. He played right tackle this year. He had to because yeah, box not going over there. So it's yeah, he. That's the guy for me that I would be re- willing to spend. He's a viable, solid to even good left or right tackle, and that should have a lot of value. I think he's twenty seven. That's a guy that I'd be circling and starring if I needed a tackle, Chicago Bears, or another team that might be willing to tackle Chiefs, any, any of those, any team, every team could use a tackle. So, um, but that's a name I would have circled, highlight, and starred if I were team sniffing. Okay. So, RFA tenders, first round is $6 million, 
Second round is four point three million. What what tender do you think they put on him? I think second round. Would you be Would you give up a second round pick for for Josh Nyman if you were? A oh team? my god, yes. Oh my god, I yeah. It's an interesting uh, one. Typically, because we don't see guys that are given those nope. tenders that are worth those sorts of price tags. <laughs> you don't see the undrafted tackle. <laughs> you don't usually see these types of guys hit, so that that really helps a little bit. <laughs> I know he's Panthers he's not expected to pursue Lamar Jackson. Neither are the Dolphins. I think. I think I just saw that too. So all these all the seats getting <laughs> drying up already. It's going to be interesting. It all right. really is. Uh, that's all we got. God, we will be back tomorrow. Five minutes. Oh my god, that uh, was awesome. It was so fun. We had a whole other show planned. Whole other show. As soon as I start, uh, all of this news starts rolling in. It's like. We're going to talk for an hour about all this other stuff. Right? We're doing a whole other list of shit. It definitely does not make sense. So I'm glad that we handled it this way. Yeah, this uh, is great. Fun day. I mean, this, this is all you can ask for in the off season uh, or these sorts of days with this sort of just the ticker is nonstop with Silly stuff season. we're digging into. It, it's fantastic. So it we're going to be back tomorrow. The tentative plan for tomorrow's <laughs> show is to talk about some of the other veterans who might be available this offseason. So not free agents per se, but guys that you can get on the trade market, guys that could move teams that are some of the bigger name guys that aren't hitting free agency but might be on the move. So that is the tentative plan for tomorrow. I hesitate to even mention that, but we'll throw that out there, put it into the world, and maybe it'll happen for us. For now, sincerely appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, if you have not listened to episodes four and five of Between the Lines, the final episodes of Tashawn Reed's excellent narrative podcast series about the black experience in the NFL, I encourage you to go check those out. The fourth episode was about the history of executives in the league, and the fifth episode kind of wraps up the entire series. Tashawn did a fantastic job, worked for over a year and a half uh, in putting together that series. If you haven't checked it out, really encourage you to go do that. A little bit later today, Prospects to Pros will be back with Dane Brugler and Andy Staples. Football GM with Mike Sando and Randy Mueller also returns tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that probably midday or so because we've got another show coming out in the morning like I just mentioned. If you have not, please rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Go to Apple Podcasts. Tell us you like it. It would mean a lot to me. I would really appreciate that. Please subscribe to The Athletic. You can check out Dane's new mock draft, all of the fantastic stuff that we have about the draft, free agency, all that. Nate wrote a great piece about the tight end class last week that I would encourage you to check out. Just a ton of great insights about all things NFL. Theathletic.com slash football show is where you can do that. For now, that's all we got. We'll plan on talking to you guys tomorrow. This was The Athletic Football Show.